there's only so much you can say about certain things. That's why sometimes I really like when I don't like something, when there's something that really, <laughs> yes. because it gives you so much more to talk about where you can kind of like, you know, go loose with it a little bit because you know yourself a reaction videos. Naturally, the views will be higher. The engagement rate will be higher most of the time if you are aligned with the audience in terms of liking something. I don't need to pander to any audience. I feel like over time I've learned that I don't need to justify everything. If Sometimes something just sure. doesn't click, you know, and at best I can just say, you know what, I'm just not feeling this one. It adds more weight 100%. to your positive feedback when it does eventually come around. It's all about finding that, that fine balance, you know. Welcome to another episode of the Steve OG Rock podcast. Today I'm talking to Drew Fortune, who is a fellow YouTuber and metal music enthusiast. And we have a range of topics that we cover, all centered around music and life as a content creator. And we also find out who Drew thinks is the most underrated band in the world right now that you should definitely not sleep on. So stay tuned for that. I do hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Please let me know either by dropping a like on the video on YouTube or sharing your thoughts in the comments, or you can rate the podcast on whatever platform you're enjoying this on. There's also a free Discord server that you can join. There's a link in the description for that. We can continue the conversation there as well. And now, without further ado, here's my chat with Drew Fortune. So, Mr. Drew, thank you very much for spending the time to talk to me today about all things music and YouTube and the rest. So, for those who are not familiar with yourself, how would you describe the channel that you have on YouTube? Honestly, when you sent me that like little note just to kind of keep an eye on, uh, I guess, what to actually say for this question now, I was kind of like... Good question. I've, I was overanalyzing it. You know, you can really overanalyze these things, and I was like trying to think of like... You know, you have to, I've, I've answered this a few times on different podcasts and it's like every time, although nothing's really changed, it's like, what do I do? But I guess very, very baseline level for anyone who knows your channel, essentially the same content. You know, I don't, I'm not going to try and sugarcoat it. It's a uh, reaction content to metal music, I guess, but I do like to, I don't, for some reason, there's kind of a bit of a negative stigma assigned to being like a an exclusive reaction channel, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I'm very aware of the fact that it does exist. So, you know, that is technically what someone from the outside looking in would look at the channel as. But, you know, I like to venture out and try and do different things. Now, obviously, the reaction content is the main meat and potatoes of what I actually do. But, you know, this week alone, it's been probably a good example of, of, of being able to kind of branch out and try different content. Like this week, I was at the uh, Polaris gig in Dublin, and then I was just back from London as well, creating content around those events as well. So it's kind of like, a, I like the idea of doing like kind of lifestyle stuff that's mixed in with the reaction content and it's all based around music in general. So the, the main thing is music, you know, more specific, metal, progressive metal, metalcore, deathcore, you know, all the different fun genres that are tied in. Um, and then, you know, I mean, the, the way I started my channel was through like vlogs and just anything you know i didn't get into music or i didn't get into the music content until about three years ago but i've been doing youtube for like seven years i think i started back in college just kind of doing daily vlogs and just all kind of sorts of things you know um and then it just found my way into what i'm doing at the moment so that's kind of like a really broad answer i guess but you know um reaction videos to metal music and reviews to albums and stuff is is probably the the very short answer well, that's very interesting to me because I hadn't realized that before starting the reaction side of things, it was more of a vloggy thing to begin with. So I, I like the fact that you've gone from 
a place of it's a personal channel about yourself and what you're up to. And then you've steered it into, uh, I guess, a more formalized kind of niche of reacting to particular music and things. What was the first moment that made you go, do you know what? Maybe I will feel myself listening to something for the first time. Maybe that is something that's interesting for me and for an audience. Mm, good question. Um, I mean, like I've actually probably been making like there's been a like split. I mean, obviously I started kind of getting into the music side of things, but I'd say if you were to break it down into two of as in I started doing videos like vlogs and stuff or non-music related content. There's probably been a longer period of time where I've been doing non like music related content as in like I'm actually less mm -hmm. time at doing what the channel is now more known for, which is kind of a funny thought, you know? Because it feels like I've been doing this forever, but when I actually break it down into the time period at which I was actually just doing any sort of content. Uh, but to answer your question, I got into music reactions and it wasn't metal that I started off with. It was, I think reaction videos were starting to get quite popular in and around like four years. I know they've been a thing for a while, but in and around like kind of four, four and a half years ago, I, I want to say maybe five, maybe a stretch at five, but I think maybe about three and a half, four years ago they started to get quite popular. And it was a lot of the content that I was consuming. I was watching a lot of uh, channels like Lost in Vegas. I was a little bit more into the hip hop side of things, but I never really had found the music that I really, really felt passionate about and really got into, which obviously has you know transpired into what it is today. But at the time I was always mad into music. Kind of when I was younger, it was more on the electronic dance music side of things. I was a big like raver and loved all that kind of thing. Loved the nightclub scenes and stuff. Gosh. But I also did love the like rap music sort of thing. So I was really like, I always had a quite a broad taste, which I think again comes across now in a lot of the music I listen to because it will go from progressive stuff to, you know, yourself in metal music, you kind of have like a niche within everything that suits everyone, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But the first things I got into, I think was really like kind of hip hop reactions. I kind of just jumped on the bandwagon. And again, I've always done this and I've spoken about this before where, you know, for anyone who is interested in getting into YouTube and kind of overthinks it and overanalyzes where they should start, I had absolutely no inclination as to where I was going to go with the channel in the first place. I literally just started creating videos because it was something I wanted to do in college. And eventually, you know, if you stick with it long enough, you will find something that maybe sticks that you really enjoy or the audience really enjoys. And then you can kind of naturally follow that. And that took me like four years or something to kind of find the home that I'm in now. Um, but yeah, that's where I really started. It was kind of taking inspiration from other channels that I had watched because the whole reaction thing, although it seems so like nuance now like four years ago it wasn't really even like that big of a thing or i guess it was only starting and it was huge um so that's kind of where i started yeah that's a pretty long answer to to, to it but um yeah <laughs> i like it's very very handy yeah i think yeah for anyone who's thinking about starting a, a youtube channel the, the advice that i heard early on which is so true is just start don't care about well what if my first video is crap guess what it will be like they the yeah. first couple of years might not be that great uh, yeah. i'm still trying to get great um but yeah if you just start and then you figure out what what works what you enjoy and you can find the things from there uh, when i started mine i I'd, i knew i wanted to do a music-based channel largely in the reaction sphere when i first saw reaction videos i was like is this really a thing come on and then i realized actually it's quite compelling to watch i'm enjoying watching this and yeah. i didn't see anyone doing the, quite the way I wanted to do it and the rest. So then I made that exist as it were. Yeah. But I started with a very broad range of music because I'm into a really broad range. And I was doing like, I think I heard you mention this on like a metal bird podcast. You also maybe the odd, like Indonesian, amazing yeah. ballad singer, as well as I was doing some metal bands sure. and things. Cause I enjoy all of that. 
Yeah. But the audience and YouTube is like, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. Like, someone comes to your channel for Aurora and then your next video is Slipknot. Like, yeah. What? So, yeah. and I enjoy, I mean, metal is my first love. So I'm like, you know what? What happens if I just focus on the metal, which is what I've done for only a few months now. And the views took a massive hit obviously because these big pop stars get lots of views but it was more fulfilling and you start to care less about the impact of views and care more about like what am i doing and enjoying and how am i connecting with with folks yeah and it's a lot easier to yeah, sorry it's, it's a lot easier as well to go like to actually feel like you have a community when you can stick to a particular genre or niche because the people will consistently come back but like you said if you're flip-flopping from genre to genre and artist to artist you never really have a consistent audience and the algorithm like you said gets confused and they don't even really know so like you said you do kind of have to if you are in that space where you're doing a bit of everything and you see so many channels that are still doing it and i can you know speak directly from it because i did it for so long my channel took a huge hit in terms of views but like the channels in my opinion has never been doing better before because now i have like a pretty consistent audience now again like we already spoke of metal is so broad that even within that space, you can still have metal music or alternative kind of progressive stuff that is still kind of in the, in the space, but a lot of your audience might not even watch it because it's so broad, you know? So you're still within that space really. Like for example, even using the Stephen Wilson example, although he's the lead vocalist of Porcupine Tree, which is a fucking fantastic progressive band, you know, his own solo project, he's still in the space technically. And a lot of people that would watch my Mm. channel will know of him. But the views might take a hit, even though he would be considered in that space. So it's, again, even within the space, you can kind of, you know, isolate some of your audience. But you really do it if you're jumping from, like, some Indonesian guy to, you know, like something from a metalcore band. You know, you can really get into that. But, um, yeah, that's, that's and a how And how do you, because you clearly, based on all of that, you still decided to put together that video on Steve Wilson, I guess there's a risk yeah. that people go, oh, uh, is he going down this direction? Maybe I'm not interested in that channel anymore. Or sure. likely just to skip that one and go on. Like, How do you assess what you feel is worth going on your main channel if, if it's going to be, in your mind, a risk or a different direction from the niche that you've kind of you've started to kind of carve? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fine line between doing what you just want to do regardless of what might do well for the channel. I think the beauty of the position I'm in at the moment is, and I was only thinking about this before I came on, is that, you know, because I have a bit of security now, like I've been doing this like full time, I guess, for the past six, seven months or so. And I have a bit of security now that I can, because the views don't pay me, like essentially the views don't pay me. It's my Patreon, the the community support I get from Patreon, from Twitch. So that's pretty much what keeps me afloat and able to not have to go to my nine to five anymore. Uh, which is absolutely fantastic. But the point is that because I don't get those, like, obviously the more I can grow the YouTube, the more opportunity there is to be exposed to people that might potentially come onto Patreon and, you know, financially support me. But the point is that videos like the Stephen Wilson one that I know might not do the best based on previous videos I've done for him. It's something I really want to do. And I really enjoy that artist. And that security of being able to just kind of do it because the views don't really pay me anyway you know i have that backup and support financially that i can kind of do whatever i want and then i can be a little bit more creative whereas if i was solely relying on views to keep me afloat then i would have to maybe pander to the more popular bands providing copyright and all that kind of stuff didn't exist in the first place where i could actually make money off of the videos from an ad revenue standpoint you know and so yeah that's really the way what that was what i was thinking about like even the polaris video that i did recently 
from an algorithm standpoint, like, I mean, the amount of time that was put into that video, that was more like a, a passion project, you know? I really enjoyed, like, putting love into that one. And I knew, like, doing a minute and a half long intro of just, like, a, a you know, I guess a, a part of their song with B-roll <laughs> clips over it isn't exactly the most uh, algorithm optimized, you know? People are going to skip forward. So it's, you know, if I really wanted to gain the most views, but that, to me, was what I really wanted to do, was to do it exactly like that, a 30-minute long vlog, you know, probably not going to be the best for the algorithm. So, you know, that allows me to kind of go ahead and do that. And even using a minute and a half long of the nightmare track that I use in the intro, that gets copyrighted. So I'm not making money from yeah. the, the video itself, even though it was only a minute long out of a 30 minute long video. And um, so, but it, again, it's that security that allows me to kind of experiment and, you know, be creative. And I guess that kind of allows me to not burn out from doing all the other reaction content, which can get very tedious and just repetitive you know unless it's something that you really really like you know yourself yes i certainly do yeah because part of the risk is I'm, I'm like how can i word my thoughts on this particular guitar tone in a way i've not done before i don't know I'm, i i start to repeat myself or if you try i mean i have a busy life with kids and, and a day job so i have basically an hour a week where i try yeah. and record stuff but by the fourth reaction thing in the row my brain's like i i don't know if i can process new music for mm. another couple of days um in the same way when you're trying to add value to it and all the rest so i hear you i hear you man i hear you yeah no it's uh and look i, I admire what you're doing as well because like to have kids, to do the full-time job and to be still banging out the content. Like you're, you're consistent, man. I've seen it. You, like I've seen the channel doing really well um, in terms of consistency and everything. So respect for that because I, I know how hard it is. I mean, I was doing it just with the full-time job without the kids. So, you know, I, I was struggling to do it. So, you know, the hat's it's off. Mad. I'm, I'm stealing minutes here and there. Like I've got five minutes. I can edit some part of this reaction video and then I'll, I'll get on from there. Yeah. And you're doing the podcast as well, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 this is stupid to be adding no, more, man, you know, of a time sink to my thing, but but something I'm interested in. I'm passionate about it. Like exactly. It. And that's what I mean by like the kind of passion project side of things. Cause you know yourself, like ad revenue from, from a lot of these kind of things, unless you're pulling in hundreds of thousands of views or at least in the kind uh, of 50 to 100,000, it's, you know, it's it's not even worth your time even turning on the monetization option at most points, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but it does give you that kind of step away from the monotony of just, like you said, click and record. And there's only so much you can say about certain things. That's why sometimes I really like when I don't like something, when there's something that really, <laughs> yes. because it gives you so much more to talk about where you can kind of like, you know, go loose with it a little bit. Uh, and again, yeah. that's why... The security of having like the backing from Patreon allows me to not have to pander because you know yourself a reaction videos. Naturally, the views will be higher, the engagement rate will be higher most of the time if you are, you know, I guess aligned with the audience in terms of liking something. You know, if you like a track, you know, it's generally just better in terms of likes and you know, maybe not comments because yeah, people get angry and then they comment. But point is that the security <laughs> of all that stuff has allowed me to just kind of be like, well, look. I don't need to pander to any audience anymore, you know, really like from a YouTube standpoint. So I can kind of just go ahead and say exactly how I feel. So, um, but yeah, it's all about finding that, that fine balance, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a great position to be in. And I think it's what lends to the greatness of your channel. I do enjoy is that genuine authenticity of, I'm not just going to 
you know, say that I like the song if I don't, which obviously some reactors will do. But you can sure. tell, though. Humans can tell that a mile off. But yeah. it means that when you do say this song, you know what? It didn't really connect to me. And this is why. It's not just like I didn't like it. Here's why. Here's what I also thought. Here's my context and the rest. Then when you do love something later on, people go, oh, they must really love this because I know they don't just love things out of nowhere. And you yeah. get more authenticity and then you have more freedom to, yeah be yourself through the other yeah. videos you'll do in future and not chase views and, and the rest. Yeah. So that's, just I think more that's, that's, that's so opinion. important. Yeah, it adds more weight 100%. to your positive feedback when it does eventually come around. And that's something I always say because I feel like sometimes you might have a few albums in a row or a few singles in a row where it feels like you're just beating a dead horse where it's kind of the same process you're going through of listening to it. And you feel like, again, you're just repeating yourself in certain parts saying, I don't like this, I don't like this. And sometimes, to be honest, I've found that even from doing the Twitch live streams where you're getting inundated with like, request after request sometimes there's just it's very hard to actually put together a reason as to why you don't like something and i feel like it's always hard to justify you know you i feel like over time i've learned that i don't need to justify everything if sometimes something just sure. doesn't click you know and at best i can just say you know what i'm just not feeling this one and you know you don't really have to give now it's different i think on twitch because it's a live scenario and you might have a few different requests that are in a row but uh, you know, you kind of like over justify yourself sometimes on YouTube when it's a specific YouTube video because you feel like you need to just really say because otherwise it feels like you're just clicking record, kind of not adding much to it, and then yes. you know uploading the video and it feels There's like a kind you, of you sunk have... content, um, sunk cost to it. You're like, I've already done the whole reaction. I can't just yeah. be like meh and end. <laughs> like... Yeah, you feel like, but then you kind of over justify it, and then it almost and this is again that fine balance of just like. I've kind of gone to that point where now if I feel feel myself going that way, although I know it might be a really popular band and the opinion might be not be the most popular take, I've just found that I'll kind of discard the video as opposed to uploading it in the first place. I'll just accept that I've spent the time and wasted a bit of time on it because I would kind of rather do that than, you know, put up something that is essentially a waste of time for everyone because I've not really liked it. The majority of the people that are going to click onto it are going to be people that probably did really like it and they want to see what other people think. And then they're just going to see you going, do you know what? That one didn't really click with me. So it just feels like, you know, at the end of the day, you're spoiling your own content to a certain extent, yeah. you know? So it's, again, that fine line of, of, of knowing when the video might just be no input or you didn't like it, but you were able to kind of add to that in a constructive manner, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And it, it's a it's a service to the people that do subscribe or follow your content. Because if they go, oh, there's a new video, they will assume they've uploaded this intentionally. There's going to be something of value here. And if there isn't, because you're like, I have nothing really of interest to say, then I'm like, why? And then it means the next video you upload, they're like, well, I don't know necessarily if that's going to have value or not. Like you kind of, you poison your own well, I suppose, in that way. And I've, I've even actually this morning when I was doing reactions, I started doing one that a bunch of people asked for, which is Knocked Loose. They had this like two track EP thing. And I'm like, I haven't really liked Knocked Loose in the past, but I always give fans new chances. Let's see. And I was about two minutes into it. And I, I don't like the vocal style, but I can't put into words why necessarily. It's like some voices you just do or don't like. Like my wife hates Sleep Token's voice. Fair enough. Yeah. That's her own thing. I love it. That's what it is. So yeah. I was two minutes into the reaction. I just went, nah. And I stopped recording. I have nothing of value to add. So there's yeah. no point, you know? Yeah, I hear you on that one as well. Like, um, is that their most recent, the EP that they did? Or the, the yeah, double single? Yeah, it's a two-track. Well, it's like three months now. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what's going um, I, I'm kind of the same with, uh, I hear you on, on the vocalist's cadence. Now, for some reason, I'm weird. And again, this is one of those things that, you know, almost, you feel like you almost have to justify everything all the time, which doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Like, for example... 
I'm the exact same with Landmarks. You know Landmarks, the French band, I believe they are? Yes. I but have I, historically not liked their vocal, but they had a song last year with uh, Straight From The Past vocalist, and I started warming to it a bit. So you kind of keep yeah. revisiting, but... Exactly, yeah. Like I've been in that position exactly with with Knocked Loose. And again, this is where, you know, you can fall into the trap of almost being somewhat hypocritical, which it feels like I am to a certain extent, but I just can't help but say exactly how I feel. For some reason, I can't click with the Landmarks vocalist, but I don't mind Knocked Loose. And I would put them almost in the same category in terms of like their (laughs) overall vocal style and cadence. So it's a weird one because... Yeah. You know, you find yourself just like falling into these traps of like, am I being hypocritical here? But at the same time, that's just how I feel. Maybe it's, you know, it's not just the vocalist overall in terms of, you know, the overall experience of listening to the music. Obviously, there's the, the, there's the you know, the entire band and the way they actually compose their music is, is a massive part of it as well. But I think yeah. just on first impressions, I, I couldn't get down with Landmarks. They've got some decent tracks, but it was very similar to what you were talking about with uh, Knock Loose with the like vocal cadence and, and style overall. It's a bit like... It's not whiny, but it's like screechy or something, you know? Yeah, my wife would describe it as shrill, uh, which I shrill. get. And it's the same with, like, Straight From The Path is one of my favorite bands, and he has that same kind of high-frequency shrillness to his his shouty screaminess. But for whatever reason, like you and your relationship there, I like his, and I don't like Mark mm. Loose, and they're not miles apart. So yeah. some of this is just purely subjective. We connect with some music or some musical expressions, and some we don't, and that's... That's fine. Well, that, that's one of those things that's, I mean, like, uh, it's very hard to really put your finger on it. And, you know, sometimes it just, that's, you just have to leave it at that. You know, you just say, look, I just like these and I don't like this. And that's all I can really justify it as, you know, I just, I'm just not clicking with it, you know. Um, it's just one of those situations. Now, talking about the, the balance of things, I know I've got a busy life, but you, so you have your YouTube channel, you've yeah. got your Twitch live streams, you've got a Discord server, which is pretty active, you're engaging with as well, and you've got your Patreon community. How do you balance all of those things? I realize you're now full-time with the job, but like, how do you prioritize what throughout the week? What is your focal focus balance? Um, look, I mean, if there's a lot of the very basic, like, I guess at a very surface level, the job, the job, you know, I use the term job very lightly because I know people who from the outside looking in will just be like, come on. But to be fair, you know, I think a lot of people don't see a lot of the, the other stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Like it's, it's almost a full-time job at the moment trying to figure out the accounting side of things because I've just gone from someone who I guess, and this isn't me trying to say like there's loads of money coming in. It's just more just the actual technicalities behind it. You know what I mean? It's more that, you know, it's something I've never had to even worry about because, again, I've gone from, you know, a very institutionalized life, I guess is the best way to say, you know, through school, through college, university, into a full-time job where all of the, you know, tax and all those implications were just taken care of as a part of your salary. So over the last six months, not only has it been a big jump to, I guess, just the social side of things of not having to wake up every single day and go to an office. It's now, it's, it's that mindset shift of, right, if I don't get up now, it, this is over. I have to go back to the office. So it's, it's, it's that mentality shift, which people are just like, just get over. But that is actually probably one of the biggest shifts that you can ever really go through. Because Do they just say life, get over it? Like, but like, you know, it, it's more like, because people will just see the nature of the job of being, you get to do this as you get to listen to music essentially for a living, which is, you know, it's very hard to really, uh, feel any sympathy towards towards someone who has that job but i guess it's all of the background stuff that becomes a chore so like for example 
I try to solely focus on the YouTube content as much as possible because that is the bread and butter. If that dries up, naturally everything else is, is going to start falling apart and crumbling. But it's very hard to, to um, you know, neglect all of the other stuff as well. So it's, it's just trying to find a balance. Like I find that I can spend too much time, say, on Instagram, which is no, like I, I generate no revenue from Instagram whatsoever. But I find that a lot of my time is there because people will naturally follow along and they might send you a dm or something and you find that you could be in 15 20 different conversations at one time and i'm like all right i need to kind of knock this on the head so it really comes down to prioritizing the discord has been fantastic and um, which i know you've obviously recently started up your discord as well and you know that was a really really cool moment or a, 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 i guess a really essential tool in really feeling like there was a community there because before like it doesn't really feel like you have that kind of community at all when you're just creating videos. You might see the odd comments, but when you actually start to realize that there's people behind everything, you know. So Discord's been a huge priority for me to try and stay as active as possible over there. Patreon, I feel like you can get a bit spammy on Patreon, so I don't like to do too much on Patreon. I've actually found that sometimes I post quite a lot on Patreon and you can actually notice people unsubscribing. So I'm like, right, maybe let's like chill out on the... You know, because I understand that some people might just get involved for a particular album or one piece of content mm. and then they just stay for subscribed, sure. but then they're getting bombarded with notifications of me updating. And then they're like, why am I, I just got this content a while ago. So there's definitely a fine balance with that, but trying to balance everything, honestly, to bring it all back, it's not the hardest thing in the world, really. Um, there's a few new like avenues that, you know, I have to explore, but it, it never feels like a chore, you know, it's never like one of these things that I'm like stressed about, you know, oh, I need to get this done. You know, obviously I've, I've set myself very particular deadlines with Twitch, which is being something that I've gotten used to now where it's just become a part of my habit with, you know, streaming on Wednesdays at six and then streaming on Sundays at six. Um, so that's, I guess, quite important. I have my deadlines there. So I just make sure that everything else is aligned around that. Um, but other than that, man, yeah, like, I mean, it's 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 not the most hectic. Like, this week was pretty hectic. You, you kind of have spikes, as you probably know yourself. Like, there might be a period of downtime where there's nothing really being released or, you know, you're just not that busy with it. And then you'll have a week where every band under the sun is dropping a new album. There's new singles dropping left and right, and you're completely all over the place. So even doing it full time, it can be hard to keep up with that and try and keep some level of, you know, quality to the content as well. So, um. Yeah, pretty long-winded answer for that one, but yeah, it's 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 not the hardest thing in the world, you know. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, this this is the hardest job ever, you know. Um, but yeah, there's other there's other things that come with it that maybe people who aren't in the space might not fully grasp until they are, I guess, self-employed, you know. Fair, fair, fair. Now, are most of your your folks in the Patreon and Discord world are they predominantly now with you for the metal? rock kind of reaction-y music stuff because that's the impression that i'm getting and what was the gateway into metal for you how did you come across that was it through your channel and recommendations or did you find that in ireland somehow yeah so the, the to answer your first question the patreon as far as i'm concerned like i've never i guess put any content on patreon that has been uh you know outside of the metal space so i would say 99 percent of people over there are you know, within the metal genre or are interested in that style of thing. So that's a good thing, I guess, because, you know, it's not like I'm saying, right, it's 50-50 here and I have to try and split that audience because that would be a bit mm. of a disaster. But yeah. um, as to how I stumbled into the metal side of things, again, going back to when I first started off with the reaction content, I started out with doing hip-hop and then I think someone just suggested 
on a comment and I think maybe my first ever like metal reaction on the channel might have been something from Diarda's Murder. I think it was Holy Wars or something but I remember it was just something I'd kind of branched out into and I remember I'd love to go back and maybe find that video because I'd love to see my introduction to that video because again it would have been the first <laughs> time I've ever actually explored metal and that wasn't like the end all be all. It didn't just become metal from there. That was just like I dabbled my toes in it and then I kind of came back to it off of my own accord. Like the videos did okay. It wasn't like that's what I need to go with because of the views. It was like, you know, it did okay, but I was interested in it. I didn't love that song now, but I remember always being interested in the genre in general. I'm a big gamer by heart, especially when I was younger. So a lot of the clips and stuff that I used to watch would always have like Skillet or some of these older bands, you know, like I'm trying to think of any off the top of my head, but there was so many of the old school bands that were included in these Call of Duty montages and stuff. So I always had an ear for it and enjoyed, you know, watching these like montages of clips from say Call of Duty or other games that I'm playing with metal music, you know, as the backing track. So that always intrigued me and I always knew that I liked that kind of music, but that maybe was the little seed in the back of my mind that was saying, you know, I'll keep going back to this metal stuff because I know that there's music that I have enjoyed in the past. So yeah, I went to a few of those videos, then dabbled off in different artists and that. Um, and then I came back to it at some point and then at some point it just stuck. Um, it was really when the first bands that really got me going um, I mean, there was like the Slipknots in the early days, which I liked Slipknot and everything, but I knew like it was more uh, this whole new experience of watching the live performances. And it, it was kind of interesting to see the passion from the audience. And, you know, I played into that a little bit, but it was only when I got around to, I think Tool was the first band mm. that I ever felt like I was like, oh, oh shit, like this is, this There's is more actually, to this. There's a lot this going is really, on. Yeah. yeah, because to me, metal was your Slipknots you know, you're really like, I guess, traditionally, not even traditionally, but you know, I guess what the mainstream see metal as, you know, the masks angry and the, the bravado <laughs> and the angriness. And yeah, so I'd never actually even delved into the world of like progressive metal. I didn't know that was a thing. And then I came around to Tool and it was around the time that the, their latest album, Fear Inoculum, was brought out. And wow. I checked out that album. And then I ended up going back through their whole discography because I was just blown away by their whole stuff. Like Tool's one of my favorite bands. And then that just opened up a progressive metal like door. And as you know, that, that rabbit hole runs quite deep. So it just <laughs> kind of got into then the more modern side of, of Prague with the, you know, the gentier elements. So I got into bands like Tesseract. I got into the Monuments, Periphery, you know, all these really like experimental progressive bands that are all, I suppose, fundamentally part of this gent genre. Um, or, you know, Gent is not a genre, you know, you know, uh, yeah, whole, I yeah, you. yeah, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I got into all that and then naturally these are, I guess, some of the younger bands. Well, not, they're, they're not younger, but relative put, to tool and relative rest, yeah. to tool. Yes. You know what I mean? So they were, you know, I guess the more, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll use younger as the term, but you know, and then that kind of naturally was like, well, maybe try some, you know, metalcore bands or deathcore bands. And it just started to spiral and I started to find, Oh, I really like like the the poppier side of things, like you know, bad omens and bring me the horizon, and it just mm. kept going from there. And you know, I'm still discovering new stuff today. But um, yeah, that's that's how it all started, man. And that's that's how we got to this point with all these that's these cool. albums on the wall, you know. Yeah, and the real gift you have there in that scenario is that the best kind of reactions that people enjoy the most is when someone has never like it's like this is my first time ever listening to Tool. I want to watch that. 
I want to see, yeah. did, did your first time hearing you know, 46 and 2 blow your mind like it did mine? That's why everyone is going to go and watch it. And those are the first yeah. and most compelling reaction videos I ever watched. Was, there was someone in their car being like, all right, this is my first time listening to a band called Rage Against the Machine. I'm just yeah. like, oh, I'm strapped in you know, because yeah. I've loved them for a long time. So that's, you kind of have this gift of being able to go back beyond four years from when you started YouTube stuff, like you can go and do all of Deftones discography or, you know, go back and do the Polaris older records and things. And like, that's, that's a really cool space to be. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I've always, I think I spoke about it on Burb's podcast as well before a while back. I don't know which podcast I spoke on it, but um, that is one thing that I think has helped my Patreon grow naturally as well, because I do have the luxury, I guess, of what's the word I'm looking for here? I have the luxury of, of just not knowing a lot of these older records. Like obviously now I've the been The luxury acquainted. of innocence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The luxury of innocence. Like I've, I've, I've been acquainted with these bands now, which is, I'm almost doing a lot of discographies at this point backwards because I'm being told about a new album that's being released. And I know that I'm in the scene. I'm like, okay, this is a new release. Let's jump on it. It's, it's a hot release at the moment. I really like that. This is exactly what happened with Northlane where their Obsidian mm-hmm. album came out. And I was just getting into the metalcore space and like I mentioned earlier, the whole like EDM influence from my childhood and early years of loving that rave style music. Northlane brought out that album and I absolutely fell in love with that new album Obsidian because of of course it's 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 naturally the two worlds colliding of the music that yes. I'm really enjoying today, of that metal style mixed with that like EDM progressive, like almost trance music that's fusions, you know, that's that's formed together. So um that all like was just a match made in heaven for me. And then I ended up going back on their discography, which is, again, the complete opposite to most fans that have been watching these guys for years. Um, but then it's funny because I've seen my comment section has grown with me over time and people comment now and they say, Drew, it's actually hilarious how aligned some of our tastes have been where, you know, we got into certain bands like Tool. Like people have literally messaged me and said like the exact path that I've gone through in terms of discovering bands, they've like followed that exact way as in they might've gotten into like Tool and then fell into Metalcore and then... They wow. might have really liked, like, like word for word, exactly the same. I've seen so many comments like that. So, um, yeah, it's been a really interesting one. And I think that does, to a certain extent, give me a little bit of an advantage in terms of being able to kind of go back and listen to that kind of stuff. Because obviously they're huge names and it's that nostalgia trip for a lot of people as well. So it's going to be easier to, to grow views and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a win-win for everyone. I think people get the content that, like you said, is, you know, like Rage Against the Machine, for example. Now, I've heard of Rage Against the Machine, of course. Haven't done a lot of discography again with like the big popular bands. Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but the thing right. is, it's just like there's there's not enough time in the day, you know. It's like no, for so sure. many bands. 100%. It's just trying to like navigate there's decades not, of stuff. Yes, and not even like, and you don't want to overdo it as well because then you get to the point where you're just like, nothing is actually clicking with me at this point. You know, it's just like when you hear yeah. too much music, you're just like, right, it's, it's I need to take a break from it. You know. And the other risk as well is, and I think it's smart potentially to go back chronologically in reverse order through albums because I, for example, am a big fan of Incubus, less so in their most recent records, but loved them back in the day. But I noticed that my wife didn't really listen to Incubus. I was like, oh, listen to this. Here's some songs that I love from their science album. But the recording production side of things was not as good back then. And so actually, if I heard that song now for the first time, I'd be like, eh. It's fine, but because I have the historic fandom of knowing what was available at that time, I can then enjoy that. So if you enjoyed Tool at the start and you go, right, I'm going to go to the beginning of their discography, you might be like, you know what, this is kind of all right. But if you go backwards, you can kind of follow the trace of production with it, I think. 
Yeah, it's it's a cool perspective to to get to watch unfold, I guess. Um, and I think the audience can like that a lot of the time as well. But it does come with that level of I'm going from North Lane's most polished, crisp new project, this like shiny <laughs> yes. new toy, to then going mm-hmm. back to albums like say Discoveries or The Singularity that people have grown up with. And again, that nostalgia. Mm. Uh, emotion is so strong and i feel it as well because there'll be bands that i maybe have heard of or albums not even necessarily in metal or just songs that i would have heard that probably objectively sound pretty shit today but because there's (laughs) that like emotional aspect tied to it it, it's it's broken a lot of people's hearts put it that way when i get back to albums because it's just naturally the, the way i've i've gone through is i've listened to a lot of the modern metal stuff recently and then Going back, although I can appreciate the leaps they've made, and, you know, it's cool to hear the progression backwards, but it, it can lead to a lot of people being very upset in the comments, which is always entertaining. But, um, yeah, that's yeah. just part of it. You know, there's a part of balancing that being honest, but also trying not to hurt so many people's feelings. But, you know, it's just a part of the <laughs> yes. game, really, you know? Honest yet kind with the honesty, I think, is, is the yes. case. But, yeah, I, I have that bit of that with, like, Bring Me the Horizon, who I'm a big fan of. And I, I discovered them when Semper Eternal came out many years ago. But anything before that, I think it's garbage because it's yeah. like super heavy death y stuff, which I'm not really into. And everyone's like, no, that was their best stuff. I'm like, ah, not for me. Yeah. I really it's, like everything it's, else. It's Yeah, they're, they're just one of those bands that are completely divided because their older stuff is so far removed from their newer stuff. So it's kind yes. of impossible to... It's it's a very fine line, you know. It's a, it's a line in the sand that... You know, they've created, and I th- I'm the same as you. I love their newer stuff. Like from Step Eternal on, I haven't gone back through their older stuff much, but I, I know the general gist of how heavy yeah, they get. Stupid. And obviously, production wise, it's a bit mental, but um, I'm not opposed to it. But I do see why there's a very clear divide between, you know, why people don't like their new stuff or vice versa, you know? Yeah, fair. Yeah, I think I've got the opposite situation for you in terms of context of the rock and metal world because I've listened to metal music since i was about 13 when i was introduced to corn and the rest so i have had decades of listening to it so everyone's like oh have you ever heard this band like, yes for the most part but the newer stuff i'm now there's millions of bands that exist so i'm like yeah. oh i'm gonna today i listened to a band called aviana for the first time and people might be like wait you've never heard them that's impossible you can't like metal and not hear this band i'm like there's fucking so many now I can't yeah, keep up. There's, there's, there's a lot. Yeah, I, I'm familiar enough with that band as well. Are you familiar with the backstory of like the Invent Animate crossover with Aviana? Nothing. Nope. They, totally nice to that. Marcus, because I know you're an Invent Animate fan from the videos I've seen, but Marcus Vic, the Invent Animate vocalist, is the ex-vocalist of Aviana, apparently. I, I believe so. I'm 99% certain. So okay. um, I believe Aviana's like, he was like a solo project at one point, And now I think he has a backing, like, you know, band. He's, he's live. He's, he's playing live and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, but they're not a bad band. I know they brought that single recently. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. But, um, yeah, that Corporation album, I've been told to check it. Or is it Corporation? I think it's Aviana I would I literally have heard a song called Obsession, and that's it. Yeah, I think that's I, I, I liked the, it. The, the, was um, good, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah, no, I hear you, man. This, it's yeah, it's funny to hear the different perspectives. Like you're, you know, you've been listening since you were 13, so there's naturally you're going to have heard of a lot of the bands coming up through the years. But uh, 
you know, I'd, yeah, say, I'd say you're pretty, like, you're probably as on, you've got your finger on the pulse, you know, you're checking out a lot of the bands that I'm checking out anyway, you know, and I'm not, I don't, like, I don't have my finger on the pulse at all. My audience does, and they just tell me what to check out. Same. Now, by, default, same. <laughs> that, by default, that means I technically have an idea of what's going on because I'm being told of it, but, like, there's people in my Discord, man, that are absolute wizards when it comes to, I'm like, how do you lot keep up, like, every day... <laughs> There's a yeah. new album dropping. I'm like, are you getting any time to actually sit with any of these albums? You know, they're it's seeing like of... Instagram stories from obscure bands and being like, look at this. That means there's a new single tomorrow. I'm like, how yeah. did you decipher that? It's just like I'm still trying to figure out the album I listened to two weeks ago. You know, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's funny. Like some people just have like they're really clued in and they have their finger on the pulse for everything. You know, and some people go to these shows and their only real interest is seeing the bands who are supporting to like you know find the next big thing that's coming through. So it's. It's uh yeah, it's a wild, it's a wild scene. There's so much going on in the man. It's it's very exciting. It's yeah, it's good. It's good crack. Now, one thing that I wonder about because it, I have a system for this, which is you can't just check out everything that people recommend to you. You don't have all the time, right? Obviously, yeah. if someone's come from a donation request or Patreon, you know, whatever that is, then that gives you the impetus. All right, I'll spend the time and, and check that out. But you obviously can't verify whether a song is worth reacting to before you record it, because then it yeah. won't be a first-time reaction. It's pointless. So I send every request to my brother, who has the same taste of music in me, and he goes, yeah, worth a go. No, don't bother. Thank God for that. Right, okay. Do you have any system like that, or are you just going, do you, do you happen to notice a couple of thumbnails of other reactors and go, like, that seems like a positive, and I trust their opinion, so I might check it out on my own? How do you have a system for your reactions? That is a very good question. And it's, I've never heard of anyone have like a filter like you have with your brother. That's, That's actually really, good. really cool. Now, unfortunately, I don't have the luxury of having that, that, that real life filter in your brother. But <laughs> um, what I did before, I, I'm inundated with requests all of the time. And that is, again, what mm. I'm talking about with like, even when I mentioned the Instagram DMs and stuff, you'll have bands that will reach out directly. And I want to be nice. You know, you want to try and get back to as many people as possible. But there's a point at which I have to just say, right. I'm going to have to come across as a dickhead to a few people here by just ghosting them because I will spend all of my time getting back to people. And I don't want to, if I'm going to reply to someone, I don't want to just say like, no, it has to be like a detailed response in my mm. eyes, because I don't want to feel like that guy that seems like they're above everyone or anything like that, but it's just purely to save my own time. So what I did do was obviously I have the, the Twitch live streams, which you know, these requests, I just basically, I basically just point these people towards my Twitch stream. Every Wednesday we take music requests. I do one stream a week where people who have any requests can come to that stream. And before I was doing this years ago where I was taking requests and they were all free paid, like they were all free requests. So like people just came in, what do you want to listen to? And I found that the problem is that I was trying to stream and enjoy myself in terms of just being able to, you know, I guess, game or do whatever I want on my own time. But the problem was that people who are coming to my stream are from the YouTube channel and they don't care about what you're doing other than the musical side of things for the most part. So they'll come in and I'm just trying to chill and your chat is just getting inundated with people like, can you check out this? And it becomes a bit of a pain to say, hey, look, you know. So what I do is now I direct everyone to the stream on Wednesday. So if it's not Wednesday, we're not doing any of your requests. You know, every other day on the stream is whatever I want to do. If you want to get involved, you know, happy to have you along but the wednesday stream at 6 p.m is where i do all of the requests we do about 25 to 30 requests per night and we take donation requests because otherwise you'd have a list of 90 people and how do you actually filter that you know that's my filter for the requests coming from people all over the world you know anyone who comes from instagram or youtube or emails that's their chance so that's why i filter it that way i did it before with patreon where i, I 
put a tier there where people could request a single, which I very quickly regret doing because, <laughs> again, there was quite a, a I, I did like, I think I put like an available, now I still do it with albums because I like to be able to sit down and listen to an album in its entirety, but singles can be a bit messy because you can get a lot of people that are interested. So the singles, I did a few requests where basically I'll listen to it, okay? And if I like it, I'll create a video out of it. But if I don't, I'll just refund that money back to the person and say, look, sorry. And that's happened quite a few times. And I found that more times than not, I was <laughs> going back to people because yeah. naturally people, like you're opening up yourself to, I guess, someone in their basement who's just discovered a guitar and recording software for the first time. And they've made a song and they've put it together and it sounds, you know, to be crude as possible, but it sounds absolutely awful. And they're, you know, you know, there's some people that just maybe, and look fair enough to them, it's their passion and everything, but, you know, they're sending it to you and their perception of what it is is probably a lot grander. And maybe some people just want For feedback. Sure. It's, you know, some people just want the feedback. They don't actually necessarily care if you like, you know, don't like it. But that is, as you know, sitting through something like, I know your experience with Knock Loose this morning, not to say that whatever I'm getting sent is on the same quality level as Knock Loose, but when you don't like something, it's very hard to sit there and put on a face and then it, it's exhausting. And that's the kind of stuff that I've really tried to push away from because then that's when this whole thing feels like a job is when you're doing that for money. You know, that's what I've tried sure. to really push away. So with the Twitch streams, I jump on and I'm just brutally honest. Um, I just say, look, I didn't like that. I didn't like this. And that's how you kind of stay sane in this scene because if you're sitting there trying to pander to, to too many people, it just becomes exhausting. And I've been there before where you're like almost kind of, like I've had situations where you're live on Twitch and I have it all the time where people will come in and like I mentioned that like bedroom producer, which again, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's that quality is coming into the stream and saying, Hey, check this out. And the vocals are awful and it's screechy and it sounds terrible. And you're sitting there and you're live and people are people, other people are watching and you know, uh, there's definitely. And they're probably also like, going, "This is kind of rubbish. Why am I spending time watching the stream with this rubbish music?" Yeah, or whatever. It's, it's kind of like, like a lose lose. So that's where <laughs> it can become entertaining sometimes when something is a bit rubbish, like I was mentioning earlier, because you kind of have a bit of freedom then to just say, "Do you know what?" Now, obviously, again, you want to be nice to the people. I'm not trying to like shit on people. I, again, at the end of the day, they're supporting me by paying for a donation to get a request in front of me in the first place. So you want to be nice, but sometimes constructive feedback is also very much so needed for a lot of people. Um, and again, I don't try and sit there to be some guru who knows all. I just give my honest opinion about, you know, what I feel as just an honest listener. Um, so, yeah, I definitely strayed away from doing the Patreon stuff because I just found it was more often than not a bit of a strain. And then you're posting the video to YouTube and because it's such a small band or a project, it's very hard to kind of even figure out a way to promote, promo that for a YouTube video. So it's kind of like for the money that it is, although it's, definitely a benefit for keeping you afloat. I did that at the start when I first went full-time, but now I'm a little bit more of a stable position that I can just afford to kind of step back from all that stuff, you know? Um, and then the last one, as my filter is just, is honestly just Discord. Um, I've been doing these mm. videos for so long now that people really seem to have honed in on the stuff that I will like. So when there's something that is really good, people will get onto me very quickly and say, Drew, you need to check this out. But then it's like it never ends also you know it, it never ends so you do really have to pick and choose what you want to do you know fair but that's also the good thing about what we're doing is that it is an endless possibility of of content that we can dig our ears into and enjoy like there's people are going to make metal music for years and years and years and that is a, a wonderful thing but yeah I, I can feel in your discord there are those who be like you have to check this out this is in your wheelhouse i think you'll love it there's also like 
Let's tell him to check this out. Don't tell him about all the blast beats. Like, let's just see <laughs> what he thinks. Yeah, yeah. There, there is definitely fun. an element of that. But at the end of the day, um, it, it's fun because people aren't necessarily... I, I like that as well. Like, people necessarily aren't always looking for the positive response, which is what I've found that has definitely become a thing where people will request stuff just because they know I will not like it and they get that kick out of maybe finding an element of it that I do slightly start to enjoy, you know, because mm. like this whole blast beat, I feel like I've just become like synonymous with the whole like hating blast beats, but it's just... I'm with you though, like yeah. I, I like a blast beat I'll accept for honestly eight bars. More than that, I'm like, what are we doing? There's no dynamics, but it, yeah. it's sparingly, I think it's good. Yeah, because I went back after I did the whole Lorna Shore reaction, I actually went back and watched a few different creators check it out. And again, like music is so subjective but i was seeing people cry to it and i was seeing all and i was like come on like again it's i think they're in fairness i think they're reading lyrics now yeah and i think the lyrics are very powerful now yeah and to be fair the 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 musical the the video side of things is obviously very powerful as well but Mm. i just found that even with lyrics and the video on top of it i could probably sit here and still have the exact same critique because i just the, the main thing for me when i'm listening to music although it's a music video i'm checking out is the music has to also ignite that emotion in me for the video to really have that like effect you know because if you have like that really powerful sound and then the video is just helping that along as well that's when you know that gets me teary and you know you get the goosebumps and everything but anyway i don't want to keep going harping on about lorna short but yeah the point is is that there's been this thing where my chat will, you know, or the Discord will, will like find that humor in seeing me struggle through a song because they know I'll just be honest about it. And it gets to the point where I can kind of play up to it a little bit. And, you know, I'm like, you, you know, you're, you're over kind of dr- like, it's just at the end of the day, it's just not really for me. Now, I would have said that about a lot of the Deathcore stuff that I listened to today back when I started listening to Tool. So your, your sound sure. does, you, you know, your, your ear does change over time, but last beats and but I won't say blast beats because again, like you were saying for eight bars, you know, for a short period of time where it kind of adds to an atmospheric moment or something, I, I, I'm here for it. But it's the extended drawn out periods of time where the majority of the track is just blast beats on a track. It's kind of like, again, like you said, it's, it's not dynamic enough and it, you know, I'm very groove orientated, emotion orientated, and I guess melody orientated. So if it doesn't have one of those, you're gonna lose me a little bit, and then tie the blast beats into that. It's like, okay, right, you know, I'm 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 out here, but uh, yeah. So there's a bit of fun involved. There's a bit of the meme culture involved in the Discord yeah. as well, you know. Good crap, but also it's part of it. It's a it's a connective shared experience of things people like and don't like, and what people think and how they explain what they do or don't like is also interesting. I think that's why what we do has the audience that it, it does at times. Now, in terms of things you do like. What would be five bands right now that you, if you were ha- opening your Spotify, your music player, you're like, oh. they're one of the go-tos you're happy to rinse all day, every day? I hate this question, Steve, man. It's the, because I'm always going to upset someone. But honestly, there's always bands I forget as well. I've, I've had this question. Or even just right now, like this week. Who's, uh, who's well, on the no, top? I will go. List? I'll say all time has to be, Tool is in there. I won't give like a definitive one to five because I'd need a week to think about that properly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah just a collection. Just, just five, uh, just a collection would be Tool is in there, Tesseract is in there. Mmm, fuck. Uh, see, this is where I start to lose out. Tool, Tesseract, they're definite. Yeah. They're absolutely involved in that list, 100%. I would say Sleep Token are probably in there as well. Um, I really enjoy that band. 
they're the definites and then that's where things get a little bit murky um i would say i'm trying to think of like the early days when i started to get into stuff um, or even just now like if you're if you're if you're going on a commute to somewhere to see a friend and you're gonna put on some Air- airpods what are you what are you loading up in your earphones uh right now it's it's tesseract's new album uh i've been mad on that again it's obviously just because it's fresh as well but honestly i'm really really getting into polaris now after just seeing them and there's obviously Mm. again and this is where the emotional side of things ties in meeting those guys the nicest people on earth so again there's that emotional connection to it now if someone was to tell me like and before i wasn't the biggest polaris fan in the world you know I've, i've had some critiques about their older albums and stuff but seeing them live and how much more impact the live performances had kind of gives you that like emotional connection to it and then meeting them after and how like genuine and nice they were to me now if someone is to kind of come along and say oh i don't like their new album i'm like no it's like you know you, you do change you know so it's kind of like it's trying to avoid that but also that's the beauty of music as well is letting yourself fall into it you know because you don't want to like be this standoffish person that you know doesn't allow yourself to fall in love with these bands so um but yeah right now i'm really enjoying polaris's stuff it's weird because this question is always like the amount it's almost like i've listened to too many bands recently it's just I'm not, i can't even think of anything but yeah my definite all-timers that i know for certain are tesseract tool and then i would say sleep token are probably creeping in there because i think they're absolutely fantastic and they're one of those bands that i'll always gladly listen to and their new album is amazing as well and um, but other than that i wouldn't have any like guaranteed all-timers that i can think of off the top of my head i love bring me the horizon i love the bad omens of this world uh, monuments i love a lot of the deathcore stuff fit for an autopsy again there's a lot of bands that i haven't heard a lot of their discography but they're just bands that i've really gotten into over time um Valjata as well in the thaw scene humanity's last breath are fantastic um these are all i guess completely broad uh different mood bands you know i wouldn't be listening to these in a row it's like very specific times and um, but the go-to's yeah. you know and the all-time listening would be you know to old tesseract nice i've not heard anything by Vyal Valj Gatigat whatever Valj Gatigat yeah that one. yeah right, okay you've not heard anything at all okay no, well, no. because also just are... like if I make a video on that it's an unpronounceable name how would I even introduce yeah yeah <laughs> I actually got it I got some credit the first time I checked them out for being like people were like you've actually done pretty well with their name for the first time but uh yeah man <laughs> if that's you, you've never checked out anything by them at all really yeah. Then that's or so, Carmen Jacka is another one that people are like, check them out, I haven't yet. But Yeah, yeah. People put Carmen Jacka under like a kind of a, a lighter, like a happy, like Thal sound. Um, you've okay, checked out, that piques you, my interest. Yeah, you've checked out Humanity's Last Breath, have you? You've checked out some of their tracks? No. I've just heard oh, they're insanely heavy. So you're not in the Thal realm at all here. That Thal I know space. like bits of Thal. There's a bit of a low bend to a guitar riff. I'm like, oh, that's Thal. I kind of like some of that. But oh, yeah, there's okay. some. Hey, right. Well, you most certainly need I'll to. I'll leave that with you. Out. You could. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to send you something that I think will be a good start for Valjarta because that is a rabbit hole that is extremely fun to go down. And not only that, it is okay. very good for engagement stuff because there's a huge backing behind those guys. It's very niche, but at the same time, everyone who's in that space gets involved when a new video comes out. And it's just fun music. That is one of my all time fave favorite albums this is a uh, i'm not going to try and take it off the wall but i have it here the uh mustad album came out in 2021 and a lot of people have that in their 2021 album of the year it is absolutely phenomenal now it's got like a runtime of i think like an hour and 20 minutes so it's an absolute mammoth and i i think it maybe runs too long well it definitely runs too long but a lot of people swear by that not being too long but in my opinion it does but some of the tracks on that and the ambience created in it is mental very deathcore 
but it is like that thaw ambience and very very eerie kind of makes you feel like you're walking through this enchanted forest on some kind of kind of shrooms or hallucinogen like like it's a really okay. trippy experience but it is extremely heavy but it's very uh tack like uh what's the word i'm looking for it's very intentional you know it's not just heavy for sure. the sake of, there is moments where it gets really really dark and intense with those blast beats and everything and again i'm this is where i'll accept blast beats because i think the album just flows really really well but i do think it's it's slightly long but i will give you maybe a single or two from either humanity's last breath or valjarta because i think that will make for a really fun uh, content for your channel i think either way if you don't like it or not it will still it's, it always makes for a lot of time as long as it's interesting i'm always about it, it's, it's very, about yeah it. you'll have a lot of fun takes i'd love to hear especially from a drummer standpoint you know uh, i think it'll be really interesting to hear your take so i'll send some stuff on to you after this cool thanks man in terms of where you are within your music channel world and the rest do you have bucket list items things you're you're hoping to do at some point with the channel or are you much more day-to-day week-to-week see how things go and naturally see where it goes on to do you have a plan or direction or not um yeah i've thought about this quite a lot um honestly i don't want to be this reaction channel for my whole life you know that will always be a huge part of the bread and butter i would love to get to a point where you know well obviously i am at that point now where i can do it full-time but i don't see this as being the end goal so to speak i think this could be a very good um propellant is that the word you know using this as a, a means to kind of branch into other areas and i really got a good taste of it this week of being able to go to gigs and because again in ireland you know it's 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 you know i'm sure as you know yourself um it's not great for shows you know there's not a lot of that, that actually run around and again it doesn't make sense for a lot of bands to come but i think this week you know, speaking to some of the labels and getting some good feedback on the Polaris video that I did. Um, I, I would love to be in a position where I can kind of go to, whether, whether it be traveling, to kind of create some content, almost like a, an after movie for these. And this is just one avenue I'd love to kind of go into. Um, so, you know, I think if I do enough of those style videos out of my own pocket, because again, traveling to London was out of my own pocket, uh, going to the Polaris gig is, is essentially, I, I had paid for a ticket and everything before I actually got kind of invited to come anyway. Again, not that big of a deal, just a ticket. But the London thing was, you know, flights, accommodation, all of that. That was not covered. So again, that's all out of my own back pocket. So I see these kind of small things, although as, although I am enjoying them a lot, I think the more I kind of get my face into these scenes and being that guy that is there for like, I guess, the less formal side of the media, because I think that is kind of missing to a certain extent. There's a lot of, you know, photographers and cinematographers that go to these shows that create the very polished you know, final piece for an after movie of a show or something. But I, I do really like the idea of being someone in the space that can provide that audience viewer, someone who's actually at the yes. show as a guest, you know, or not a guest, but, you know, as someone who's been there, paid for a ticket. I'd love to be that face, not even the face, but just someone who's really involved in that scene because I really enjoy doing that. And again, it creates that, like, uh, it really gets the creativity going in me as well, and um, which I can feel a little bit void of sometimes doing the reaction content. As much as I love the musical side of things, the actual video editing of it is very, very straightforward. And it's just like, you know, click record, talk for a bit. Again, I'm really passionate about what I'm talking about, but I'm also very passionate about the the actual creativity side of like the videos and putting all that together with the, the music and, you know, trying to create a storyline. So that would be, I guess, probably a broad idea of where I want to go with it. And um, But at the same time, at the moment, I'm still very early. I would say like, I'm, I'm not even through, like I'm barely through my first half year of being fully self-employed for the first time ever in my life. So 
there is a lot of things that I need to figure out, like from behind the scenes, you know, from a, an admin standpoint that I think without all that sorted in the first place, the rest kind of doesn't come to fruition in the first place. So, and there's a lot of that I'm still working on, like all the boring tax stuff and trying to figure out that because again, this is a job that didn't exist even like for it's it's one of the most new jobs you can be in. it's, it's such not going to exist scenario. on a drop down tax form exactly tractor. yeah exactly <laughs> so i mean it's it's obviously social media but even like speaking to an accountant there recently it was an absolute like i was going to him for advice and it almost felt like he had no idea what the fuck i was even talking about so you know it's such a new space um because again there's different platforms that are involved i think a lot of the people that these accountants and stuff would deal with are people that are in i guess influencer positions of say you know, social where they're getting like invoices in from brand deals or something. Whereas mine is like through Patreon, through PayPal, through Twitch. It's like, you know, through Google AdSense. So it's, it's a little bit of a weird one. So that is a lot to work out as well. And um, which requires a lot of time that I need to step away from working in the business. You know, you have to work on the business as opposed to in the business. Like, oh, I want to just do all the in the business stuff, but you do have to long-term step out and work on it for a period of time at least so i'm still in the process of doing that as well whilst also trying to remain consistent so and um, yeah gotta figure all that stuff out but yeah i think long term it's doing the 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 live gigs trying to go to festivals and stuff just get my face out there and then again just going with the flow at the same time you know have a brief idea but there's so like this job didn't exist four years ago so who's to say there's going to be something yes. completely different in three to four years you know that's not that long of a time in the grand scheme of things you know uh, based on how quickly time is moving at the moment but um yeah so that's 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 me man yeah that's that's where i think i'd like to let it go totally fair and i i watched your polaris video and i thought it was brilliant it was really well done and you. you were very humble about like oh i'm obviously not a professional cinematographer etc cetera, etc cetera. but the value that you add as a differentiator is that audience view that kind of honesty and the, the connection with what is the real experience like not just a polished slick kind of captured video things and that i think is where the value is and that's why people connect with you and your channel so yeah but yeah, no, no, I appreciate it, man. Let's try and do more of that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's wanting to do more of that, but feeling like, right. He not trying to force it as well, because I could like, you know, it's very rare that we're getting these shows that I really want to go to and do it. So it has to come from a place of wanting to go there in the first place, because I could go to some like maybe more local show that I don't really have that much interest in. So it's trying to find that mm. balance again of, you know, creating more of that content but not forcing it out just because people liked it because i think people liked it because you can probably see the passion oozing through it you know yes because the other risk is you might get a band that you're not necessarily into like if knocked loose reached out to me not knowing i was like eh, about like we would love to have you come to our show and film it because we like your youtube channel we're like ah, and they're going to pay me X, but you know what? I don't think I'm the right person for that. You'd have to, you know, it might be the smart move to say no. But at least in your position that you're at, same with you're able to do the videos you want to do because the views are not as important because you're you're getting your, your income anyway. I have a similar thing with my job, pays well enough that I don't have to really care about the views. I don't have to have YouTube make money. I have the freedom to do what I want to do. It leads, I think, to better, more genuine content that people enjoy. And it's kind of nice to be in a position where you're kind of, your own boss of your own world and you can say yes to whatever you want no to whatever you think doesn't work for you yeah no absolutely that's that's the main thing and that's and people see like see right through you know if you're not being genuine with your stuff it's 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 very obvious and there's you know you can you can see you, you said you said it yourself earlier on it's it's very very apparent when someone just doesn't necessarily you know 
just say how they feel about something because they just love absolutely everything. And, you know, it's like, you know, how can someone's taste be that broad to, to love everything, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a conversation for, for a different day, you know, a whole different podcast. Who do you think is the most underrated or underappreciated artist right now that you think people should go and check out that they might not know? Wow. Okay, this is one I definitely <laughs> You're need welcome. to think about. Um, God <laughs> almighty. Um, I mean, I could probably see, the thing is, a lot of the underrated bands are, get first and foremost, there's an endless amount of bands because the way the space works at the moment, like I see so many people reach out to me and as excellent as their music might be, it's just, again, it's just trying to get that, the, their spot on a platform, you know? So... The only the only thing I can go off of underrated is bands that I've heard a significant amount of because otherwise if I've just heard one good single from them I I don't think I can warrant them as underrated because you know mm. they might be useless in everywhere else they just might have they might have just gotten their best single in front of me so oh man oh, I I actually I was going to say I think in the grand scheme of things like from a monthly listener standpoint and based on how good the band actually are I was going to say Tesseract I think Tesseract although they are a big and they're probably one of the bigger progressive bands i think in the grand scheme of things i think for how good that band is i don't think they get the credit that they deserve now i think with this new album they're starting to get a little bit more notoriety but i've you know this band is absolutely it's like kind of like the way sleep token in my opinion were definitely that band if you ask me this question before taking back the you notice that sleep token for certain yeah but i think they're they're now correctly rated <laughs> exactly yeah exactly so i mean i think their their vocals definitely propel them into a space that is more uh, of a mass appeal you know band at this point where and you know that's gone to show um it's like bad omens you know they just kind of click a certain niche and all of a sudden they're off you know and um, but i i would say just from my own per i can only speak in my own personal opinion i think tesseract are still wildly underrated i think they should be much bigger than they are and um, like I compare them to other bands that might have a million, a few couple, you know, a couple million uh, plays, and I listen to it and I'm, I'm like, well, like this band is fantastic. You know, they should be up there. I think they have like three hundred and fifty thousand monthly listeners, which of course is huge. But in the grand scheme of things, you see some of these artists across the board that have millions upon millions. Um, and I understand the confinements of a genre. There's only going to be so many they can actually get unless they're like actually reaching out into like you know pop culture or whatever. But even within the space, I do think they are wildly underrated. But I think this album is definitely doing a lot of good things for them. But yeah, I mean, I would really have to sit with that question. I feel like that's a really like... It just, I think it's I'm a correct like, answer. I think it's an entirely correct answer. I think I'm right. dead right. Okay. Can I spin it on you and just you give me one before, before we wrap it up, I'm guessing. I so should have thought it's of that. Tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's, it, that's what I mean. I feel like I should have named someone who has like 15 monthly listeners or something, but they're the ones you know, that are really hard to think of. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think I think you're right. Underrated means like they have a catalog. They they have plenty of of examples of how good they are, and yet they're not on the the levels that we think is maybe deserved. I would feel that way about straight from the path. I right. think they are like this generation's version of Rage Against the Machine. I think they're that good and that important. Now they're a hardcore band, so yeah. of course not everyone's gonna be like, oh, I like this. But I think there's enough groove and accessibility in it that. I think it deserves more than it's getting. And they, they play, I saw them like two years ago in London, they were playing at the Islington Academy, which is like 
maybe five, six hundred people or something like that. It's just like, mm. what is this? Is insane. Or they play yeah. Download Festival and they're quite early on a second stage. I'm like, they, I don't understand why they're not bigger than they are. Like, yeah. It's so, yeah, no, that, that's, that's a good answer as well. And again, like, I, that's a band that I, I genuinely haven't checked out. I think I might have heard maybe one of their singles. I know the Guillotine track, because uh, that's obviously kind of hard to, to escape. But discography wise, I've got their entire discography to get through. And I'm a big fan of Craig Reynolds and everything he's doing with the podcast. Yeah, I don't know if you're, yeah so he's, yeah, yeah. he's like, he's almost bigger than the band at this point. So, you know, if anything, True. he's probably yes. going to be the key to propelling that band forward a lot. Probably. You know, he's, he's playing on the, whatever, I don't know what show it is in America. I've seen his Instagram there recently, uh, but you know, he's doing huge things. So he seems like a really cool guy, but it's funny because I'm such a big fan of the podcast and him in general. I think he's a really cool personality, but I don't know any of their, their discography. So I've had those guys like on my list of, the amount of bands that I need to get to at some point. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll, I'll go and check them out. But I, I feel like they definitely have the potential to to grow as well because, I, I mean, I would put them, like, they have that same swagger as the likes of Knock Loose. I know you're obviously a little bit, you know, <laughs> you're not the biggest fan of it from what you've heard, but, like, Knock Loose were playing, what, Coachella and everything, and I feel like when a band gets past a certain threshold of being really, really wild, they start to kind of become a little bit more appealing to the yes. mainstream, you know? It's yeah, like not the curiosity so, factor. Yeah, it's like they're so it's like they're so niche and like they have this quirky element to it, you know, they're stylish and they just kind of fit this kind of particular cool, like edgy bill. It gets to the point where they do start to cross over to an element of pop culture. And that shows, I guess, with the Coachella performance, you know, them actually playing on that. So I could see a band like Stray being in that position purely based off of the aesthetic of the band, because again, I, I know one or two of their tracks. Um, but yeah, I do definitely need to check out their discography for sure. How has your relationship with listening to music changed be- because of the channel? Because for example, if you're like, I've listened to one song by Stray, you could, in a normal world, end this call and go put on Stray from the path or rinse through it, but you can't, right? Because what if there's an amazing song that you could record a reaction for? So do you like not listen to music, hoping you have time for a reaction in case it's something interesting to capture? How do you balance that? Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like I'm in the same boat as a lot of people in the in in the reaction scene. Is I don't listen to music anymore unless I've I've done a reaction to it. If it's in the metal space, I don't listen to it. So, you know, it, it does limit yourself. Like for the amount of music I probably could be consuming throughout the entire year, it could be a lot more if I wasn't doing this. But at the same time, I probably wouldn't have found a lot of the bands that I do know of if it wasn't for this. So it's a bit of a like a, a mixed bag of emotions with that one. But um, at the same time, I feel like. I have a better relationship with the music that I do listen to and I give the music a lot more respect than maybe just the average listener. Uh, maybe I'm being a little bit biased there, but I know very few people, even from my own close group of friends that listen to albums. You know, a lot of people don't consume albums anymore. So I, I like to actually give the bands the benefit of the doubt by sitting down, making it a big deal to sit down, click play and give the album my utmost attention, which I think is something that's kind of lost today, which is why maybe album reactions and stuff are are quite popular because a lot of people don't actually sit down or have the attention span to to sit there and just go through an album and listen to the concept and, you know, try and pay attention to as much of the nuance as possible. With no distractions. Yeah, it's just, we live in like a singles economy, um, I guess, or, you know, a lot of bands just put out the singles and stuff and they might do really well in the singles. When the album comes out, you'll see on the plays, like the singles have massive amount of plays in comparison to the rest of the album, which is makes sense because they've been out for longer. But um, yeah, to answer your question, I just completely wait to sit down myself and how my relationship has changed with it is 
like when we go back to the earlier days, I was so fascinated by everything because it was all so new to me. Now I feel like that old cranky man who listens to music who was like just heard so much. It takes a lot more now, which is just a natural progression. I'm not going to apologize for that being the way it is. I've heard so many different styles and takes now that it takes something very special for me to actually be quite excited by it in the first place. So although it would be nice to go back to my old space where I literally was just completely in awe of everything that I heard, uh, it's obviously just, I can't go back to there. And that's why when I hear something like when I heard Take Me Back to Eden, I know a lot of people hate on that album, but I feel like Sleep Token it's were cool that to under- hate. I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, like- Sleep Token were that really cool underground band that all, everyone was propping up to be this next big thing. And now once they've become this level, it's now like, oh, they're just so mainstream and they're, they're not cool. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. like, it's just because they really are that good and now people have just latched on. So um, mm-hmm. part of me, like going back to the test track thing, would love to see them blow up. But at the same time, you kind of want that like little piece of just like that band being, you know, a little bit underrated and underappreciated. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I just feel like that's the main thing. I've become a little bit less, well, a lot more uh, harder to please, you know, um, when it comes to listening to music. So not everything excites me as much as it used to. So that's a massive that's change fair. for sure. Yeah. That's fair. And I can totally relate. And I think what we do with our channels is we, we might listen to less quantity of music now, but what we do listen to, we listen to in, Intensely, with no distractions, and that is that is that comes with its own gifts, and that's pretty fun. Um, yeah. So do keep on doing what you're doing. I'm very much enjoying it uh, as a bystander, as it were. Uh, thank you very much indeed for your time chatting me today. It's been a great chat. I could chat for ages, but I've got to take my eldest daughter to a birthday party of her friends, and life must go on, unfortunately. But thank you very much, man, for the chat. No problem at all. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the Guinness, my friend. And again, I really appreciate you uh, having me on. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. If you'd like to continue the conversation on the topics Drew and I were chatting about in this episode, again, do please join the Discord server and we can chat there more about it. If you enjoyed this and you want to hear more like this, do consider subscribing to the podcast or whatever platform you are consuming this on. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you'll join me for another episode really soon.